Hi there, and welcome to the Skylight Books author reading series. You can find out about this and all of our author events at www.skylightbooks.com. At our website, you can also browse our inventory as well as order books online. And don't be afraid to follow us on Twitter or even be our friend at facebook.com. If you'd like to talk to a real person, we can be reached at 323-660-1175. Thanks for listening and enjoy. Um, Charles is the author of the novels The Ivory Coast and After Havana and the respected Hollywood How Not To book, High Concept, Don Simpson and the Hollywood Culture of Excess. And he's the co-author of the recent nonfiction bestseller My Lobotomy. We have all of those for sale at the counter if you'd like to check them out. A veteran reporter for Variety, Newsweek, the LA Weekly, and the Los Angeles Herald Examiner, Fleming teaches entertainment reporting at the USC Annenberg School of Journalism. He lives in Silver Lake with his wife and two daughters, and this is his first walking guide. So please help me welcome Charles Fleming. No whistling. No whistling, please. That's really embarrassing. Uh, thank you so much, all of you, for coming. I, uh, I think it's the very first time that I've written a book and had people show up who are thanked in the book. Uh, so thank you. Those of you who have walked with me, those of you who have uh, come on my hikes with me, thank you. And thank you, uh, Mary, for the introduction. There you are. And thank you, Julie, wherever you went, for uh, the amazing array of snacks, which I hope will be gone by the time I'm gone, uh, or, or before that, because uh, I don't want to carry any of that stuff home. Uh, I was going to say this is a great book, but I was going to pick up Raymond Chandler's Farewell, My Lovely, which is a really great book. Um, and I'll tell you about that in a minute, but uh, this is a great book. I, uh, I've written a lot of books, and uh, I've been lucky enough to publish uh, about half of the ones that I've actually written. The rest of them are available at a very reduced rate. Uh, <laughs> come to my house, take your pick. Uh, we've got shelves full of them. Um, but I think it's the, it's the only book that I've ever written that's been actually seriously good for my health. Uh, and that's, in fact, the reason that I started writing it in the first place, as I think I say somewhere in the introduction, and as Steve Lopez was kind enough to say in his long piece in the LA Times, uh, I started doing this uh, because I was unable to walk at all. I started walking because I was unable to walk. I had had these terrible back problems, and the doctors said, uh, after I had my second surgery, they said, you've got to have a third. And I was, it was going to be my third one in three years, and I simply couldn't do it. And I called the doctors, and I said, I know you're right. Uh, I'm sure you're right, and I'm absolutely not going to show up for the surgery date. I've got to do something different because I'm too much of a coward. Having done it twice, I can't do it a third time. I'm going to see if I can figure out something else. And I started walking. And because I live in Silver Lake, I had to be, Julie had to drive me down the hill to the flat roads of uh, Griffith Park and that area uh, for me to walk because I couldn't, I couldn't drive and I couldn't walk up hills. But I started getting a little better and I started walking up some hills and then because it was more interesting to me, I decided to start walking the staircases of Silver Lake. And because that was interesting to me, I started making little, a game out of it. I needed to keep walking. I needed to walk an hour, an hour, hour two even a day. And uh, because I hate exercise and don't like walking, uh, I decided to make a game out of it, and I would see how many that I could, how many staircases I could link together, and whether I could turn five of them into a walk that I could do in an hour. And then I decided to start mapping them, and then photographing them, and then counting the stairs on them so that I could see what my stair count total was. Um, I got a little obsessive compulsive about it, and thought, you know, I'm going to finish this. I'm going to do every staircase in Silver Lake. 
and there were 50 of them. And I felt an enormous sense of triumph when I had done all 50. And then I decided, okay, now I'm going to do Echo Park. And I did Echo Park. And then it seemed kind of silly not to do Franklin Hills. So I did Franklin Hills. And then I thought, well, now there's Los Feliz to conquer. And I started walking Los Feliz. And then someone said, you know, you can't, you can't go without walking Beechwood because they got those great staircases. And uh, pretty soon I had a publisher. And pretty soon I decided I'm just going to do the whole city. And, uh, and I spent uh, almost four years taking the walks, taking notes, uh, making, inventing loops, going up this way, going up that way, um, photographing them, counting them, mapping them. The city has no map of the stairs, so there's no document to go to to look and see where they are. So it took me a long time to find all of them. It took a lot of just driving around and walking around and trying to imagine where they would put stairs and going to that area and strolling around for a few hours until, well, I, that, you better save that for, that's a good question. <laughs> Uh, and uh, and walking until I felt like I, I probably had as many as I was ever going to find, uh, and then I built them into these 42 walks that were uh, th that are in the book now. Each of them is a is a circular walk. It starts at a cafe. It goes off in one direction. It goes up some stairs and around the corner and down some stairs and past a house and up some more stairs. And after an hour, an hour and a quarter, an hour and a half, winds its way back to the place that it started. Uh, the the easternmost I think is probably in El Sereno or Pasadena. The westernmost uh, there there are stairs in Santa Monica and there are stairs in uh, the, the Palisades part near uh, Castle Lamar, near, uh, near Malibu, near the Malibu line. Lots of them in Echo Park, lots of them in Silver Lake. And uh, all of them filled with a surprisingly interesting amount of history. Surprising to me. I had lived in Silver Lake for a long time, so I had a kind of idea which architects had worked in Silver Lake. I had no idea how many important architects had worked in Silver Lake until I started walking the streets and saying, you know, that's a remarkable looking house. I wonder who built that. And I would jot down the address, come home, jump on the internet, and discover that, in fact, it was a remarkable architect that had built that one, plus two more on the same street that I hadn't even noticed. Uh, I discovered all these remarkable people had lived in these houses, and all these remarkable things had happened in these houses, often things that had happened back way, way back in, in the early part of the history of Silver Lake or Echo Park or Santa Monica or these other areas uh, because among other things the, the staircases are some of the oldest structures in those communities. Uh, the staircases, most of them date from the turn of the century or before. Uh, the cement staircases that are there now, almost all of them date from the 20s and the 30s. Um, and they were built because uh, this was a time when most people in Los Angeles didn't drive, or if they did drive, they had one car in the family and not more than that. So when the developers wanted to build on these steep hillsides, naturally enough, the, the streets that the cars drove on went around the hill that way, but you couldn't expect the children going to elementary school or the moms going to the supermarket to walk three miles down the hill that way. So they built these staircases for them to come directly down the hill so that they could jump onto a streetcar or get to a supermarket or get particularly to an elementary school. If you ever want to know, if you're in a hilly area and you want to know where the stairs are, find the elementary school and start wandering around because that's where the concentration of them are. Uh, so, so all these things I discovered, including, for example, the reason that I have the Farewell My Lovely up here, uh, there, uh, there's a house in Silver Lake where Raymond Chandler lived for a little while. Uh, there's another apartment building in Hollywood where he lived and wrote for a little while. There's an apartment building in Hollywood where uh, William Faulkner worked on To Have and Have Not, on the screenplay for To Have and Have Not. And, uh, and I discovered, I had read this years ago, of course, who hasn't read Farewell My Lovely, and uh, somebody who read the stair book and became entranced by it, started doing some of the walks and got to 
a stair that reminded him of something that he had read in Raymond Chandler. So he went back and he looked, and in, in chapter 8 of Farewell, My Lovely, our hero, um, Marlowe, goes out. He's asked to go out and visit someone in the town of Monte Mar Vista, uh, which is near Bay City. Uh, and and he has to go out there, and it's it's at near near the end of Sunset Boulevard, where Sunset meets the sea. And he describes the coast highway and a pedestrian overpass crossing over the coast highway and a set of stairs rising 218 steps up to the street on which this man who wants to see him lives. Now, I instantly know, because I am the stairmaster, that he's talking about Castle Lamar, that he's talking about the pedestrian overpass that lands right there at the base of Castle Lamar. And in the book, he even describes, a Ch Chandler describes a sidewalk cafe uh, where people are having a snack before uh, their big drinking exploits of the evening are to be again. And I happen to know, because I had to do some research on this, that the Sidewalk Cafe was Thelma Todd's Sidewalk Cafe. Uh, she was a silent screen star and later uh, starred in some uh, movies with the Marx Brothers, who was murdered or perhaps committed suicide, but probably murdered uh, after leaving work at the Sidewalk Cafe and walking up two sets of stairs, probably the very ones that Chandler was talking about, up to the house that she had up, up on the hill where she was found in her garage asphyxiated with the car still running and all sorts of clues suggesting that she didn't do that on purpose to herself. So, uh, so I learned a lot about Los Angeles. I learned a lot about the city. I learned a lot about Silver Lake uh, from doing this. And, uh, and the other quite remarkable thing about it is that I met the most uh, astonishing people. Um, I found that most of the people that lived on the stairs uh, didn't want me there and uh, would invariably open the conversation by saying, can I help you? In, in that tone of voice that says, you know, I don't want to help you. I actually just want to help you go away. Uh, but the people that I met walking, uh, the most unusual people in Los Angeles are the people that are out there walking. Now, that might be because they're all insane, uh, like me, and they're, they're not allowed to drive anymore, or uh, you know, they've got some other nefarious purpose for being out there on the staircases. But uh, enough people were walking that I started asking them if they wanted to walk with me. And so the Diana and Dinah were early people that started going on these monthly stairwalks with me. Julie and I would meet uh, with people on the first Sunday of every month and we'd go strolling and pretty soon we had five people and then we had 10 and then we had 20 and then Steve Lopez's column ran and we had 30 and we had 35. I think we had almost 40 the last stairwalk that we all did together. And the strangest thing is happening out of this. These, these odd connections are being made out of this weird community of people that are walking. People are getting jobs. Uh, I heard, uh, I heard of uh, two people that are dating because they met on the staircase. And I heard of a, a people that there's a guy that came on one of the stairwalks who's the head of a pediatrics uh, clinic at Kaiser Hospital uh, that's going to be doing something with childhood obesity. And he fell into conversation as he was walking with the woman who runs the California Dance Authority which teaches kids in schools how to dance, how to do modern dance, how to do jazz dance. So the next thing you know, the two of them have concocted this great plan where they're going to bring the California Dance Authority people in to meet the kids who are at risk of obesity at Kaiser and put them in a clinic and teach them all how to do jazz dance. So this is the kind of thing that's, uh, for me, that's coming out of this uh, community of people that I've met and this weird project that, honestly, it, I only started doing this uh, because my back hurt and I didn't want to have a surgery. Uh, I really just started walking from no other purpose than that and kept going because it gathered a certain amount of inertia and then it was kind of fun to do with, the, with, with people that are here today. It was something interesting to do on the first Sunday of the month. And the only reason I did the book was I thought, you know, this is a, uh, somebody said it's a mitzvah. It's a mitzvah. You know, you've done all the work already. Just write it down. Let somebody publish it. Two or three people will want it. Five years from now, somebody will find it on a bookshelf and say, hey, that's a cool book. Maybe I'll take that home. I had no idea that anybody 
like, in, like I thought it was me and five people really uh, would be interested in this. And then, you know, then Steve Lopez wrote his column, and there was a little story in the Los Angeles Magazine, and Channel Seven picked it up, and then it was on the bestseller list, LA Times bestseller list for several weeks in a row. And uh, and here you all are here, presumably because uh, most of you I don't even know, so you're not here because you owe me anything, uh, you're, <laughs> which is was the case with all the previous book signings. Uh, it was only people who. Uh, this is what happens if you're an author. You know you can get 50 people come to your house because they're all going to publish a book next year and you're going to have to go to their houses. So uh, I hope that isn't the case with all of you. I hope you have real jobs and uh, are not having books, uh, books published this year. But um, I'm really delighted to see you here and thank you for coming. And uh, I know one person has a question and if others do, I will be happy to answer them. Uh, my question was, um, how do you know that you have found all this Well, I'm sure that I haven't. In fact, and here's how I'm sure that I haven't. Um, first of all, I didn't include all the staircases that I found in the city in the book. There are a lot of staircases that are too isolated or too remote or just there wasn't any way to connect enough of them together to make a proper walk. Uh, so for example, there's a beautiful set of stairs on Court Street off of Temple. Elegant, delightful looking set of stairs that comes down to an elementary school. But there's nothing else around there, so I didn't want to turn that into a walk. And there are some that are a little too far flung. There's some staircases in Manhattan Beach that look great, and there's some in San Pedro, but it's a little too far flung for the, for the purpose of this book. Um, and there are others that um, I didn't include because they, uh, it would make too many staircases all in a group, and I figure, well, I'll save that for another day. But what I have found is since publishing the book, uh, I've discovered a few others, and people have even come to me. Uh, someone came up to me at a, at a cocktail party and said, oh, you're the person that wrote that book. You left one out. There's one in South Glendale. And I said, well, pl please tell me where it is. And I found it. And indeed, there's one all by itself, kind of in the middle of nowhere. I don't know why just one. But it, again, it comes down the hill to an elementary school, just one that's there. Uh, I will tell you that I, uh, I did the math. I know that uh, there's, if you walk all of the 42 walks in the book, uh, there are 200 and, I think there are 280 staircases in all of those walks together. And they comprise all together, you will have walked 110 miles if you walk all of the walks. And judging from how many times I walked them, how many times I rewalked them, how many times I tested them, how many times I did little pieces of them, I'm 100% certain I walked 800 miles uh, in the writing of the book, uh, which is why I'm a happy man today. I absolutely am still walking. Yeah, I, I find that for me with my back problem, if I walk, um, I should walk probably 45 minutes a day. I don't. You know, instead I do an hour and a half, two or three times a week, and a little bit here and there in between. Uh, if I do that, what's happened is I went from, you know, four years ago, f four four years ago we were on our way. Yeah, four years ago I went from I can't get in the car to drive myself down to the bottom of the hill. My wife has to do that to walking all the time to returning to the tennis court and playing you know, six or eight hours of tennis a week, maybe more some weeks, uh, to I took up snowboarding uh, and I've been doing a lot. I did a huge amount of snowboarding this winter. Uh, I have returned to motorcycle riding, which was a great passion of mine. And I even went out to the dirt and rode in, on a dirt bike uh, this spring, which is probably not advisable, uh, but it was pretty good fun. And, uh, and I think for me, I had a doctor explain it to me after I had figured out what my problem was. He said, look, you've got degenerative disc problems. Your discs are all collapsed. The nerves are all squashed. 
and all the stuff that they're telling you to do to fix that, all the yoga, all the bending and you know stretching your back, all the Pilates where you're you know tightening your core, all of that stuff that I was doing and getting worse, he said, well, that makes sense because for somebody with your problem, every time you bend forward, you shorten your spine, you squash the discs down. Every time you bend back, which is like when you go walking, your shoulders come back and your hips go out and you, know, you walk like that, uh, the opposite happens. You curve your spine, the spaces between the discs, I mean between the vertebrae open up and there's less pressure on the disc. So I don't promote this at all as a, a cure-all for anybody with a bad back. I think there are a million kinds of bad backs and a million kinds of treatments. And well, we know there are. And uh, there's a different one for everybody, I'm sure. But it's really saved me. Well, there's a uh, there's an address in the very back of the book. That's why you have to buy it. Uh, <laughs> www. I'm not going to tell you. Uh, it's top secret. Uh, secret staircase uh, website. Uh, and on there, you can click onto my um, send me an email. And if you send me an email and, and give me your email address, I'll put you on the list. And it's a it's a come one come all thing. We meet on the first Sunday of every month. It's a different location. Uh, it's always 11 o'clock on the first Sunday, and it's a different location. I don't even know. We're walking next week, and I don't know where we're walking. I don't even remember. Where did we go last time? Does anybody remember? I think we were in Happy Valley last time. Where's that? Eagle. That's right, Will. You're right. We did Eagle Rock, and then Happy Valley the week before that. Uh, walking stairs is bad for memory. Yes, <laughs> ruinous. And, and everything else is, too. We walked for a while, and after, you know, this one stair is another stair. Yeah, and they're kind of empty. I mean, I think literally Will is one of the only guys I've ever uh, met who was like walking the stairs like I was walking the stairs. I'm mostly, I, well, of course, the Santa Monica stairs. Yeah, that. Fourth Street stairs. Yeah, huge. It's like so. There's nobody there. Yeah, I, I think that, uh, I don't know why they're so unknown. I mean, I think they're not used because we all drive. You know, when you were a kid, probably, when I was a kid, I walked to elementary school, and if I had lived on a hill, my mom would have said, you know, take the stairs, it's shorter, and I would have. But I don't know any parents of elementary school kids whose kids walk to school much. I mean, mostly they're driven or they're taken um, because we're afraid of what's going to happen to them otherwise. The, the terrible thing is, because the stairs aren't used, the stairs have fallen into disrepair, and people might be mistrustful of sending their children down them because they might be unsafe. And guess what? Some of them are unsafe. Some of them have been in disrepair. We, we, there was a huge stair cleanup uh, two Saturdays ago, last Saturday. My memory's just shot. Too many stairs. Uh, uh, in, uh, in Echo Park, the Lucretia Stairs, a group of women got together and said, look, this is a damn shame and we've got to do something about it. And they got some uh, volunteer workers out there and they got the city to, to, to donate some bags and some equipment. And they turned what had been a, I mean, just unsightly, dangerous, unattractive, it's a bathroom, it's a shooting gallery, it's like it's a spray paint collection site, I and mean, it's just a complete mess. They turned that into a beautiful staircase. Uh, so I'm hoping that one of the things that will happen with the book is more people will walk the stairs, more people will use the stairs, more people will be invested in having the stairs be attractive and useful and safe, and the people that are collecting in these staircases won't go there anymore. They'll find someplace else to go because who wants to be there with you know, people like me and Will uh, stomping up and down them while they're trying to do whatever they're trying to do. 
Well, you know, the, the people who live by the Santa Monica stairs with some justification are distressed by what goes on over there. Uh, there. There are too many people climbing up and down those stairs and, this, you know, the city has actually had to create legislation. If you, if you go up the 4th Street stairs, walk onto the sidewalk, drop down and do push-ups, they can give you a ticket. You're actually not allowed to do that because so many people have done it that it's made a, a nuisance. I mean, li literally, groups of 40 and 50 working with a trainer, marching up and down the stairs for hours. It, yeah, uh, I, I don't, I don't promote that. I, I think the stairs should be used for what they're designed for. I don't think they should be a gymnasium. I think they're good for walking. You're not the first one to do it. 15 years ago, this yeah. book was done 20 years ago. Yeah. yeah. You had that book. I yeah. loved it. Yeah. And she and I used to do the steps and. Well, I hope so. Yeah, L Larry Gordon. It was done in 1990. Yeah, and has been out of print for for some years. Uh, yeah, has been out of print. I mean, literally, I wouldn't have I wouldn't have bothered writing mine yeah. if his had been in print or if if he had been able to get it back in print. Uh, he did only 18. You did 42. Yeah. Well, you know, uh, why not make the second one a little richer than the first? Uh, I, I was able to build on his work. Uh, if you ever go to San Francisco, the woman that co-authored that with him, Ada Bakalinsky, has got a brilliant staircase book for San Francisco. Really, really first rate. Uh, she's about 90, still walks the stairs, knows the history of San Francisco, and she's got, I think, a similar number, maybe 20 walks. Brilliant walks. Really, really breathtaking. It's and, and we love that period. I mean, now I have bad knees, so I'm going to try some of Yeah, ideas. yeah. But this was a happy time in my life. I'm glad to hear it. That's nice. I wear joint protective shoes, and you seem to be wearing them too. Do you advocate? What kind of shoes do you advocate? Uh, I am a Merrill. I am a Merrill wearing man. Uh, this is the only shoe I will walk a stair in. I'm, I'm a firm believer in the Merrill shoe company. Uh, but they're not like that. These are just regular old walking shoes. Um, I've been very intrigued by those. Uh, these are terrific. They're, it's a, it's the, I think it's the best shoe made in America. It's the only thing I've walked in. I've gone through a dozen pairs. Because your joint concern. Why are those shoes so great? I don't know. Because they feel really good on my feet and I can walk for hundreds of miles and feel perfectly great when it's all over. So I don't know. I've been meaning to try some of these uh, with the with the rounded bottom. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Taking the pressure off your joints. Mm -hmm. But I, I think physical therapists have varying views on this. Yeah, yeah. I'm sticking with what I got. It's, yeah, uh, it's working for me. Uh -huh. Yeah, yeah, kind of a cost cost effect thing, you know. The the, yeah. the publisher, it was sort of like we can sell the book for a lot more, and we can have a lot fewer pages and a lot fewer walks, and have really pretty color pictures, or we can do it in black and white and cheaply. And I said, let's do it in black and white and cheaply, and get people out there. Who needs a picture of the stairs when you can go out and enjoy the stairs in person? Yeah, that's the uh, the, the the great Alta Loma stairs. Uh, this is featured in. Uh, in fact, in the film version of Farewell, My Lovely, I believe uh, that, that this is an elevator 
that serves the area up behind the Hollywood Bowl. And the only way to get into this community is by the elevator or by the stairs. You can't drive in. Everything that goes in and comes out has to be taken up and down the stairs or up and down the elevator, which is a private elevator, and only people who live up there have a key to it. So the rest of us have to go up the stairs, get to go up the stairs, and walk through this lovely, quiet community. Uh, this is the stairs in Echo Park at the end of uh, Peru Street, where it hits Whitmore. This is the Earl Street stairs on the back side of Earl Street. Uh, yeah, yeah. You also had a question. Um, what website do you go to for the history of some of the buildings that you I went to libraries and so many different websites. Uh, there's a really particularly good one if you live in Silver Lake. There's a, a website that's run by two realtors. And I think it's just silverlakerealty.com. And they've done a huge amount of work on the architecture of, of Silver Lake. And they've researched all of the interesting houses. And they, they are responsible for a lot of the information that's in this book they were able to bring to me uh, about who built the houses, who's de who designed them, who they built them for, uh, who, you know, who lived in them, who bought them afterwards, what's been done to them, which ones have got historic you know, protection, and so on. Uh, so go, on, go online and, and punch in silverlakerealty.com and you'll see an amazing array of houses. There you go. Yeah, that's great. Well, how about if I sit down and sign a book and you do your part? which is come over here and have some wine and have some snacks and have some other stuff and then, uh, and then write me an email and we'll all go walking next Sunday. Yeah. Okay, thank you very much. Books are for sale at the counter. We're going to set up a table here as soon as we can clear away some chairs so you can come get your book signed. Thank you. You've been listening to the Skylight Books author reading series. Don't forget that you can check out this and all of our great podcasts at skylightbooks.com. Today's music was provided by Ashling and Arlo. You can check them out at MySpace or Facebook or at the iTunes Music Store. Thank you for stopping by, and we hope to see you soon.